Good morning, and welcome to episode 17 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. Uh, in Manhattan, New York, as always, except when I'm in Vancouver, it is Ben Lindbergh. With me is Sam Miller in California in his garage, in his car under the compost heat and, and the, the lights that keep the worms from escaping. How are you, Sam? You can really paint a picture, Ben. <laughs> Uh, what insight or observation do you have for us tonight? Uh, something, 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 Roy Oswalt. Okay. And I will talk about the news that just broke before we started recording, which is that the Orioles are calling up top prospect Manny Machado. Uh, you go first. All right. So um, I don't know if you've been following at all. Uh, Roy Oswalt has had a little bit of a... Hard couple of days uh, on Sunday, I believe it was, he came into a game in relief and pitched two innings, and um, he had pitched uh, you know, quite a bit recently, and he didn't feel like he could go a third inning, and so he, uh, you know, as the reports go, he told his manager that he didn't have a third inning in him, and maybe the manager, uh, Ron Washington, might have kind of thrown him under the bus a little bit after the game, and they had to clear the air or whatever. Um, and just generally speaking, Roy Oswalt doesn't seem to be having a great time out there this year. Um, he's having a, a, a disappointing season after joining the Rangers. He hasn't played a key role. He's been hit really hard. He's been demoted to the bullpen um, to make way for Scott Feldman. And the only reason I bring this up is because um, there was an article, that a, a, a magazine article that Buster Olney wrote about seven years, six years ago. Um, and I'm going to read you the opening of this article uh, starting now. Maybe you didn't hear right. Mississippi pine trees are flashing by at 60 miles an hour. You feel like you're on a roller coaster on two paved lanes and you're white knuckling the door handle. Maybe your senses are just overloaded. You ask from the back seat. Say again. Ten years, Roy Oswalt says. Again, he glances into the rear view mirror. My goal is to play ten years and then I'll figure out what to do after that. You try to block out the onrushing trees and do the math. The Astros' right-hander is five years into his career, he's 28, and he's talking about the possibility of walking away from baseball at age 33. Oswald has racked up back-to-back 20-win seasons, and his career-winning percentage is 680. He propelled himself uh, into the national consciousness last fall by blowing away the Cardinals in Game 6 of the NLCS. A guy this good talking about walking away in five years when he might be making $15 million a year on the foundation of a Hall of Fame career? Come on. Oswald's eyes are back on the road, looking past the cracked windshield of his SUV. Some people play for a chance to get into the Hall of Fame, he says flatly. I'm playing for the competition of it. And uh, so now it's um, six years later, and uh, you can sort of see why maybe he he might have wished that he had followed through on that. And it's just interesting because um, the way that um, only framed it and the way that I read it at the time, it was – like I sort of had the same reaction, you know, Royals Walt was at the top of the game and top of his game. And, uh, it seems so odd to think about leaving in five years. Um, but Oswald probably had a pretty good idea of what he was talking about. I, um, I looked at all the players since 1950 who have been most similar to Oswald from, um, the five years between ages 23 and 37. 
and I took those 10 guys, five just above him and five just below him in a uh, popular uh, player assessment statistic. And um, the 10 of them, basically, they were, uh, the 10 of them averaged, uh, the average age at which they left the game for good was 33.4 years. The average age at which they had their last good season, which I defined as average ERA or better while qualifying for an ERA title, was 31.6 years. So, in fact, um, the aging curve, the expectation of attrition for a pitcher is right around what Oswalt expected, and now we've just seen it. It's played out um, what turned out to be probably fairly predictably. It's surprising to me that pitchers who had been as good as he had didn't age more gracefully than that. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you think about some of the names on the list, um, uh, and like uh, Mark Gubazaw is sort of probably a good comparison for Oswald. I, people, I think nowadays, don't quite remember how good Gubazaw was um, because his career was essentially done at 32. And, um, uh, you know, uh, Dean Chance and Brad Radke and uh, Sam McDowell and, um, Jose Rio are other guys on that list. And Carlos Zambrano is actually would be on that list, but I excluded him. He uh, was very similar to Oswalt for those five years. And his last good year was at age 29 and he's 31 and really right on the brink of being out of the game. So, yeah, it was interesting to see that news about him kind of declining that third inning the other day, because you so rarely hear a pitcher take himself out of a game. Um, there's such a, a stigma around that uh, about, you know, the notion of not wanting the ball or not always wanting to be on the mound. Um, and I guess coming so soon after his kind of mini tantrum or just displeasure about his change in role, it it was hard to separate the two. I think in in general, if a pitcher turns down more work when he's had a very heavy workload, I mean, you'd probably rather see him maybe advise the manager before the game that he's not available for three innings or something rather than make it a in-game decision. Um, but, I mean, I'd rather have a guy turn down an extra inning than pitch an indefinite number of innings and hurt himself. Um, but it, it's hard to say whether his concern was genuine or whether it was more of a, a pouting Thing, sulking thing about being in the bullpen um. yeah he doesn't have any experience in the bullpen so you could see why the whole thing would be uncomfortable for him and I, I mean I, I don't know I, I think in general probably too much is made of of uh, the ball player's obligation to basically kill himself on the field if he's asked to um, but I think that when you're in an unfamiliar role I, I, I guess I, what I'm saying is that maybe a starter has some obligation to perform like a starter and a reliever has some obligation to perform like a reliever and if you don't really have a defined role as Oswald is kind of bouncing between roles um i don't know that the obligation is quite so strong or should be quite so strong did you think they sort of had a, a short leash with him moving him so quickly it seemed to me i mean obviously they know him better than we do and they see his stuff and everything but uh just looking at his peripherals they weren't so bad that you would say this guy needs to be moved to the bullpen immediately it was maybe more of a he hasn't pitched all that much yet 
Um, yeah, well, his peripherals were good, mm-hmm. in fact. I mean, other than Too many home the, runs, home runs, right? the home runs were tough. But, he, you know, he he had – I think he had back-to-back I, – I tweeted this factoid. It was a couple of weeks ago, and I've kind of forgotten it. But I think in his career, he his career high for base runners has, was like, like 18 or 19 in a game. And he had back-to-back games where he allowed – uh, either that many or, or one below. So, I mean, he was really getting beat up bad, and you could see why in the middle of a pennant race they wouldn't really want to stick with him. But, yeah, I, he, you know, I think that if he were, um, you know, 26 or if he had been on the club for four years, they probably would have stuck with him. He's last man in, first guy out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Orioles tonight called up Manny Machado, uh, who is – their top prospect, or, or top position player prospect, I suppose uh, you should say, um, and one of the top prospects in baseball, and is not really a guy who anyone thought was going to be promoted anytime soon, or at least I hadn't, there was no buzz, no when is Machado going to be called up. Uh, they are, I think, in the lead in the wild, wild card race right now. And of course, as we've discussed on the podcast before, everyone has sort of been waiting for them not to be for a while now. Uh, and so they've called up Machado now to kind of give them a little boost down the stretch, or at least that's the idea. So we could talk about whether Machado is ready. Uh, of course, that's not a call that we can make as well as the Orioles can make. Um, but we could also talk about whether it will really help the Orioles uh, in that Machado is at double A. He just recently turned 20, and he has been very hot of late in the last week or two. But uh, on the whole, on the season, he's he's not having a, a really outstanding season. I mean, given his age and experience, it's, it's impressive and, and certainly in line with expectations for him. Uh, as a, a first-round pick, an early first-round pick. But it's a lot to ask a guy to go from A to the majors in August in a pennant race and make an impact. Um, so the expectation is that he will play third. He is a shortstop, and there's been a lot of talk about whether he will ultimately be a shortstop. But it seems that uh, the consensus is that he can, at least for a few years, but J.J. Hardy is playing short, and they seem happy with him. So it looks like he's going to get most of his time at third, where Wilson Benamit has been hitting pretty well lately. So it's not really a, it's not really a black hole at third that the Orioles are trying to fill, and I wonder whether it's too high a bar to ask Machado to clear at this point, really to uh, to be better than than their pre-existing options. And, of course, if he doesn't play, then there's the concern that he's not getting as many at-bats as he could be, and, and possibly it could affect his development in some way. Well, the most uh, recent um, example of a team doing this comes just last year, right, with Mike Trout, who was a month younger last year than uh, Machado is now. Um, and unlike... Machado, he was crushing double-A. He had a 950 OPS or something like that. I mean, he was pretty clearly the best player in that league um, already, no matter what age. Mm-hmm. And he came up. He struggled. He um, It was clear that he wasn't really ready to hit major league pitching. He was um, uh, uh, seemed to be 
pretty easily beat on a lot of good fastballs and, and a lot of good inside stuff. And he didn't get to play every day and he got sent down and then he got called back up and he still didn't play every day. And pretty much if you wanted to make the case, you could say it was a worst case scenario. And yet, um, I think everybody in the angels organization and certainly trout, uh, feels very strongly that that those few months were actually really beneficial for him that um that it was more important for him to get those at bats against major leaguers uh than to get maybe twice as many at bats against double a pitchers and uh that's part of the at least the narrative of his success this year um but going back to the orioles and their present needs um it's it's always hard to expect anything out of a 20 year old. He's a young 20 as well. He's 20 years and one month. So this is not like one of those calendar twenties where he's really almost 21. Mm -hmm. Um, and he, like you say, he wasn't dominating double a, um, and the default I think in baseball is to always assume 20 year olds are going to be bad. I still, I don't mind the move. I like the move. I think it's nice. It's aggressive. It could pay off. It worked for the Marlins in 2000 and, uh three Three. with miguel cabrera and um you know sometimes it works and uh i kind of hope it does because it'll be really exciting yeah and the idea i guess is that he can he can handle the position defensively even if he doesn't contribute offensively immediately although i always wonder i mean when you look at the the positional spectrum and you say that if a shortstop moves from shortstop to third, he will be a, I mean, if he can handle short and you move him to third, then he'll probably be really good at third because it's a less demanding position. But Machado has only played two games at third. Uh, And I mean, maybe he's practiced there. I don't know, but it seems like even if his physical tools and, and fielding skills would enable him to make that transition very smoothly, I don't know that you can necessarily make that transition smoothly without ever really having played at third before. Uh, it's a new, a new angle and, and a new set of responsibilities. Um, so I don't know. I'm skeptical that, that it will help them in any way. I, I certainly wouldn't say that it would hurt Machado. I don't know enough to say that. I think some guys it might hurt to come up too early and, or, or when they still have some growth left in the minor leagues. Uh, and to struggle in the majors, other guys, maybe it would be a, a challenge and a beneficial thing like Trout. And that's obviously something that they've considered and decided that this is the right move for him. And uh, I, don't, I just I don't see it helping the Orioles or in, in any way uh, stalling their their kind of collapse that everyone thinks is inevitable over the next couple months. Yeah, if everybody thinks it's inevitable anyway, you might as well just throw every <laughs> random variable you can in there and hope that something lights. Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody – What I, I haven't looked recently, but I imagine our playoff odds for them, even with them leading the wild card, are still around single digits, which um, is sort of bizarre and sad. Yeah, and, 8.5. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> – wow. So, uh, so as far as I'm concerned, uh, any any magic trick they think might work is a great idea. Of course, you're the, the you're I also mean, the one who thought that they should trade, trade him at the trade deadline. Trade Bundy, trade everyone. Yeah. I still I still <laughs> think this is probably their only chance. This is this is probably the only time in the next five years that they will be this close to a playoff spot. So, uh, if you have 
uh, Manny Machado six years, and this is the one year that you're in the playoff hunt. You might as well get him in there. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see how that works out. And this has been episode 17. We will be back for our last show of the week tomorrow morning. So thank you, Sam.